Hello, I'm Paul Briley, and you're listening to Off The Comma. I'm a human who cares about supporting other humans. On this podcast, we'll explore all facets of what it means to feel stuck in life. We talk with people just like us who have found themselves sitting on a comma and not knowing where to go next. We'll unpack the experience with them, where they've been stuck, what it feels like, what they experienced, and what they learned. My goal is to inspire you by seeing yourself in others. I believe that when we feel more connected and seen, magic can happen. I am so excited for this week's episode because I'm interviewing all of my guests are special. I always say I'm interviewing a very special person. Every single person is special, but I'm really excited to have Joan here with us because she has had really a big influence in shaping some of the direction of my life over these past three years. And, um, you know, maybe if an opportunity presents itself, I'll share a few things like I normally do. So we'll see what, what comes up. But today it's about Joan. It's her platform today, and we're going to get to hear her stories about sitting on a comma and getting off the comma. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Joan, and let you tell us about yourself. Joan, tell us your name, and how would you like to be known? My name is Joan Virginia Allen, and I would like to be known as an explorer, someone who's genuinely curious and making a difference. Nice. What else would you like for people to know about you? Oh, there's so much, Paul. Don't you think that's part of the discovery process as you ask me questions? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) See, see, I told everybody this is this is Joan is great at the curious and the questions and the exploring. So this is awesome. You want to share a little bit about, you know, what you do and, and kind of a little bit about maybe some of your roles in life? Uh, Sure. So I am a retired elder law and estate planning attorney. Uh, I'm also a nationally certified fitness instructor. Um, I'm also an author of a book that has done really well. We've sold over 45,000 copies called Dynamic Aging, uh, Simple Exercises for Whole Body Mobility. I co-authored that with Katie Bowman, a biomechanist, and three of my very dear friends. We were all in our 70s at the time. Um, let's see, besides that, okay, I'm also a coach, a di- coaching for dynamic aging is my business, and I am the publisher of a ma- of an online magazine called Dynamic Aging for Life magazine. Wonderful. And, and one thing I know about you and want to acknowledge you for is that you really live a full life. You know, I, I know one of the the premises of this podcast is that we're not necessarily interviewing celebrities or famous people because, you know, we're interviewing people, everyday people. And, and what I know about you and what I appreciate about you and acknowledge you for is um, we're all at different stages of our lives, you know, based on, you know, years, this arbitrary way that we measure lifespans, right? And yet your life is always so full. There's so many things that you're doing with the gift of the life that you've been given. So I want to acknowledge you for that. And also just Thank you. to hell with it, I'm going to compliment you for that as well. Thank you. Um, because it, it, you're 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 a model for me, too. I will say when I first met you a couple of years ago, the first thought that came to me is I can be her at some point. <laughs> like I literally, the longevity of my family, like you're, you're somebody that I look at. It's like, well, I should be paying attention because I may be in this in in this era that you know this time as well so i love it i love every bit of it selfishly i'm gonna say it okay <laughs> well thank you i appreciate the acknowledgement well let's let's jump in um as always you and i have not talked about you haven't shared with me what you're going to be um sharing with all of us today so i'm very excited to hear your story and learn about your journey And um, obviously, we're going to be using the same five questions like we do with every guest. But before we do that, I love to always start with what is your intention for yourself today on this podcast? Yes. Yes. I quite love that question. When I listen to the podcast, I'm very excited to hear that. So when I thought about what my intention is for today, I want to get people excited about changing the paradigm of aging. When you say I want to get people excited about the changing the paradigm of aging. And if this broaches on your story today, then just tell me. But my question is why? Why is that important to you? 
Ha ha. You see, your coach training has paid off. That's the first <laughs> question. Always. And the best question. Why is it important to me? I guess because what I noticed when I turned 60 was that people, society seemed to feel like there was a point at which, a magic age, let's say, at which it began to go downhill. And for different people, it's different. You know, I was telling my husband this morning that at 30, I remembered a friend receiving a black balloon, congratulating her on turning 30. Wow. Okay. Anyway, I noticed that there was this, this tendency to go downhill, but I was really fortunate because I read this incredible book called We Live Too Short and Die Too Long by a, a medical doctor and professor at Stanford University. And basically, he set forth the premise that Medically, physiologically, at birth, we have the potential to live healthy, active, and productive to over 100, well over 100. So when my husband and I talked about this and about adopting this as our premise for going forward, we decided that we would live healthy, active, and productive to 120. Now, we knew that there was no guarantee, but just the sheer act of looking ahead as if we were going to live that long, mm. totally changed all of our perceptions mm. about aging. And so that has been my focus. And it's something that I call dynamic aging. Dynamic means different things to different people. But that's, to me, that's what I want people to get excited about, particularly younger people, because it will change their entire lives as they look forward to how they take care of themselves, what they choose to do with their lives, the relationships they create. It just creates a, a much bigger playing field. Oh, I, I, I absolutely love that. And, and I love that you shared that because it informs so much of what I know about you and that I think others will come to learn about you. And I'll, I'll build on what you said because I too have had, I, I think, honestly, since meeting you, and then that got the wheels turning, I've had these realizations over the past couple of years where it's like, you know, my grandfather was 94 when he passed away and still had his driver's license legally. My birth, my birth father, who I didn't know, his obituary said he died at 87. And then I have aunts who died in their 80s and so forth. And it came to me that it's like, I could live to 94 if I lived like my grandfather, which means I've got another 40 years, which also means that's more years than the adult life I've already had. And boy, that's changed things, you know, from from giving up or excuse me, not giving up, but returning to sobriety and quitting drinking to, you know, having a plant based lifestyle to obviously continuing my exercise regimen. I'm like, I think about things in terms now of not, oh, shoot, I'm. 53 and you know 65 is the magic age you're supposed to start dying to like wow I, I got 40 more years so it's a complete reframe yeah for me and it sounds yes. like that's exactly what it was for you yes it totally has been that's absolutely true hashtag love it <laughs> <laughs> well that is awesome i love it my intention uh today joan is to create space for you to be able to share your stories and and it's really always the same intention is that your story will reach someone or someone's out there. They will connect with it. They will identify with it. They will hear a little something that you've shared today that will um, help them feel more connected, a little less alone, hopefully inspired, empowered, touch themselves a little bit lighter today. And maybe that helps them touch someone else a little bit lighter as well. I like it. Awesome. Let's do it. I'm in. Let's do it. Okay. First question, Joan. Where have you found yourself sitting on a comma in your life? Well, I found myself at age 80 sitting on a comma. Um, so I had, as I said, I've been a, I was a retired elder law and estate planning attorney. I had been a fits, fitness instructor for a long time. Um, I was a co-author of a book, a, a a good selling book. And I felt like I already had made a difference in the world. But I wondered now at 80, what could I do to make a difference? And so my daughter, Cammie, um, who will be on your program, I understand the 4th of October. Um, she is a master coach 
it's kind of what we call like life coaching, I guess, to distinguish it from a physical fitness coach. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, I had observed her for about 10 or 12 years in her business as a coach. And I was really impressed by what I saw, by the way people felt around her. They felt seen and heard and cared about and how she was able to help them through coaching to actually make big changes in their lives. And I thought, ah, this looks like something I would really like to do. And so I went to her at the end of 2018 and I said, Cammy, when I grow up, I think I'd like to be like you. So do you think you could teach me to be a coach? And she said, hmm, that's really interesting because this very same week, two other people asked me the same question. She said, I've been toying with the idea of starting a coach training program. I'm going to look into that more closely. And sure enough, January 2019, she started her transformative coaching essentials from McLaren Coaching. And I was the first enrollee. And in fact, today she tells the story that I am what's known as student zero. I'm the one that started it all. Well, I don't know if I can take credit for all that, but it was an interesting experience because when I walked into that room, there I had 10 cohorts. We were a total of 10. Uh, and let me tell you, nobody was 80 or even close to 80. So mm -hmm. when she called us up one at a time to introduce ourselves, yeah, it was it was scary. It was very scary. So anyway, that was, that was basically, I was sitting on a comma wondering how I was going to make a difference. And through coach training, I began to make a difference. Okay. So, so the sitting on the comma is what do I do at 80? What's next? And I want to take on this thing called coaching because I've seen the impact that it can have. And and now here I am. I, I've kind of put this into motion and and helped author and create this story. And now I'm in the story. And you said I'm in front of all these people, and it was scary. What was scary about it for you? Well, I have a voice. Her name is Sarah. I call her Sarah the Saboteur. And Sarah and I, we all have a voice, as we as you may or may not know. I know you know it. But Sarah is about wanting to protect me. And so she doesn't want me to take any risks. So this was big time risky. Mm -hmm. um, this meant that I was having to expose myself. I had to be vulnerable. I had to share with people my deepest feelings and um, my fears. And so it was, a, I think what was scary was being vulnerable, feeling vulnerable and not knowing mm. what to do with that and not having any place to hide. What was what was that like for you? That kind of also starts to segue into our second question. And I may come in back and come back and forth between these questions. But so you said it's scarier. I'm having to to really look at and, and share my deepest feelings and some of my fears. And it's really about vulnerability for you. What was that then creating? So as you're kind of staring at this vulnerable place? Well, I think what it was creating for me was recognizing that I could either listen to Sarah and never take a risk in my life, or if I really wanted to do this, then do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's what I did. Well, and I want to clarify for folks listening here and, and invite a little bit more kind of exploration of this, because you mentioned your inner voice, Sarah, and, you know, the prevailing wisdom out there that we hear a lot of is that there's actually... And again, I'll kind of share this and you jump in and because this is your story. There's two voices potentially, right? There's there's the inner wisdom that is often called intuition, the inner knowing, the guiding self, the true self and so forth. And then there's this inner critic, which is also called the sabotaging voice or the ego or what have you. So depending on which school of thought, which books, which publications, which influencers you're following, et cetera. But one voice is kind of the voice of knowing and wisdom. And the other voice is the voice of criticism and and kind of doubt and so forth. And you describe your kind of your inner critic as Sarah. Is is that true? Is that what you're saying? Or is you have a different take on it? 
I think we do have a voice of wisdom, but I think for me, I was too quick to believe that this voice was my inner voice of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, when I recognized through coach training, when I actually recognized the sabotaging voice and could see that it was coming from fear, it was fear-based and that it was there to protect me, but that it would keep me from ever doing anything, ever taking a risk or taking a chance. Then I realized, well, I'm not going to wait around for my voice of wisdom, wherever it might be. Mm-hmm. Instead, I'm going to let go of that sabotaging voice. And I'm going to focus on what it is I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted to become a coach. And so I let go of that and moved ahead. Yeah. Well, and I'm in self-reference here, but I could even argue or make a case for that the knowing to set aside the sabotaging voice was actually the inner wisdom whispering to us, right? Because the inner inner wisdom is usually the quieter, the whisper, right? I would agree. Um, So here's what I'm curious about, Joan. So you had at this point in your life already written a book you'd already been um you know a a, a trainer and a, and a physical fitness coach and and all of these other things and an accomplished professional and so forth it seemed like you were already familiar with risk what what was so risky about this next step it was something i didn't know anything about like when i decided to become an attorney in my 40s I knew what I was facing. I knew what it meant to go to law school. I knew what it meant to pass the bar. I knew what it meant to work as an attorney as much as you can. As far as coaching, it's interesting. When I actually started, when I decided to uh, start the coach training, I had my first coaching session with Cammie. Believe it or not, my own daughter had never coached me. And I thought I knew what coaching was. In fact, both of my daughters are coaches. And um, but they had never coached me. I had never asked for coaching. And so I didn't really know what I was getting into. And the more I got into it, the more the more I wondered, like, again, my sabotaging voice kept saying, you're too old. You're not grasping this. You don't understand what's going on. You're not going to be able to be a coach. This isn't going to work for you. You can't do this. You're too old. Mm. Mm. So it took, it took, it was, it was really the coach training was literally transformative for me because it helped me identify that negative voice, that sabotaging voice. It helped me to determine what my purpose in life is. And it gave me the strength and the tools to actually complete what I had started to become a coach. And interestingly enough, I had never planned to be a coach. All I wanted was to learn more about myself so that I could get off this comma at 80. Um, But Cami offered after coach training was completed, she offered another coaching session for uh, people who had graduated to coach on a weekly basis about starting their own business. And of course, I'm so curious, I couldn't pass it up. And as I sat through that and listened to starting a business, it kept I kept thinking to myself, you know, I think this is how I can make a difference because I have a unique niche mm-hmm. in that, you know, nobody in the world is 80. And so... Mm. Um, Nobody is a coach at 80. And so I think I might have something to offer to people to get them excited about dynamic aging by facilitating them as a coach. Yeah. Yes. And and, and there's something within what you just shared. So I'm, I'm going to take a liberty here of kind of reflecting something back to you. And by all means, as, as always, you know, if I misstate something or if I didn't get something quite accurately, correct me. But you, I had asked you, what was the risk? And you said, doing something I didn't know anything about. And then this sabotaging voice was telling you all these messages. You go into this. And a lot of times when people make that big leap, there is this belief that, oh, by taking that big risk, now there's this big reward. What I heard you describe is I take the big risk, I get on the other side of it, and now it's almost a little bit scarier because this voice is surfaced. 
and 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 yet you kind of you know you you endured and you went through the training and you learned about the sabotaging voice and then you said something about i went into this to learn more about myself and it sounds like that's exactly what you did it sounds like you faced that sabotaging voice i did i hadn't realized how prevalent sarah had been throughout my life and it has it has opened up so many doors to me to recognize when i'm fearful of doing something, of taking a risk, making a change, to take a look and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, who's talking here? What are some ways, give us an example or two, if you don't mind, of if you can think so, of any. Yeah. So um, when I started publishing our magazine, which I'd like to tell the story of that also, um, when I started publishing, I had never, first of all, I'm absolutely anti-technology. My husband is an IT person and he handles all my technology for me. So mm -hmm. I, when I decided I thought I wanted to publish an online magazine, oh, good grief, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. So um, as I began, and actually throughout the process, I would say, Sarah always pops up. She said, uh, you don't know what you're doing. You'll never learn technology. You really are too old to learn technology. I mean, let's get serious here. You're going to make a fool of yourself. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. So again, it was noticing. I had to stop myself and say, Sarah, you could be right, but it's not up to you. It's interesting. I, 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 I know I'm interjecting, but it's interesting the examples that you've shared how much Sarah attacks your age. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's her favorite. Which is so interesting uh -huh. because you've already shared with us everything you stand for really is about the strength of aging. <laughs> this is just an, an interesting, like it just jumps off the, jumps off the page, <laughs> jumps off the page at me. What, what would you say about that? You have to understand that Sarah, when I characterized Sarah, she is about a 20-year-old uh, ballet diva. Mm. She picture, picture the lead in Swan Lake. It's a toe dancer, this cute little tutu and the tiara and so forth. So she's in her 20s. So she's pretty certain that in my 80s, I'm way too old to do anything mm. but sit and rock and knit. So it takes um, a real concentrated effort and also a lot of belief in myself, which I also developed through coach training, but a really strong trust and belief in myself that I can do this. I will figure it out. I will do whatever it takes to figure it out and to say to her, you need to go out and do your pirouettes and bug off. That's really powerful. And what I'm hearing you describe is like other people, you will find yourself on a comma, but in some ways there's almost kind of like a challenge there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. So I did pick up on that. All right. And, and also there's always something you take from it. Like there's like being stuck doesn't, you may feel a certain way about it, but there's a challenge there now. And then you end up taking something from it. And, and like you said, you know, you just said effort, trust, believing in myself. Like there's, there's some general kind of rewards that come from going through the process. I think you even used the word enduring. Yes. Yes. Challenges, I would say a key word in my life. I've always could never resist a challenge. So I started law school late, late, whatever that means. I didn't become an attorney till I was 42. The uh, publishing the magazine was a challenge. The thing that led us to the magazine, led me to, to the magazine, was my husband had a hip replacement in October of 2020 during COVID, the year after I completed my coach training and I had started my coaching business at 81 and it was way, way successful, much more than I had ever realized it would be. Um, anyway, he had a he had a hip replacement and um, he recovered okay, fine actually. And uh, we both are avid hikers. We've hiked most of the national parks. And anyway, um, the following May of 2021, he and I, as I said, had made this agreement that we were going to live our lives as if we were going to 
be healthy, active, and productive to 120. Well, he had pretty much lost his enthusiasm for life. And so I said to him in May of 2021, I said, you know, 120 is going to take a long time if you're not excited about something. <laughs> so I said, what would get you? What would get you excited? And just out of the blue, he said, I'd like to hike Vernal and Nevada Falls in Yosemite National Park again. We'd done it before, about 25 years before. Mm. And I said, seriously, that's what you want to do? Because this is a really, really strenuous hike straight up alongside of two waterfalls. And um, so um, we trained for a year. I asked him first, why is it important to you? Because what I've learned through coaching, if nothing else, is that it's very important to know your why, your purpose, why you're doing something, that when going gets tough, it's only by knowing what your why is that it will keep you going. The how will come along, but it's the why. And he said, I want to know what I'm capable of at this age post-hip replacement. Mm. And so for mm. a year, we trained. And in May of 2022, wow. we hiked that sucker. And he was 86 and I was 84. It was a 10 and a half mile hike. And um, yeah, we did it. And so don't you know that throughout the entire year of preparation that Sarah was right there, right there every minute. Six weeks before we did the hike, I pulled my trapezius muscle in my shoulder and could no longer hike with a backpack. Now, I had trained for a year with a backpack. And now, six weeks ahead, I can't use a backpack anymore. So if I had not set my commitment at a level 10, that I would do whatever it took to do this hike, I might have said, well, I can't. Obviously, I mean, I can't. I've pulled a muscle. But I took a look. And that's what Sarah said was, you can't. You've pulled a muscle. And I said, watch me. Mm. And so I researched and I came up with a waist pack that worked even better than a backpack. And we did it. And that then was the motivation for us to publish the magazine because on that hike, my husband has a beard, 86, people talked, stopped him constantly and said, how old are you hiking this falls? Anyway, he met a gentleman and who was, uh, who said, how old are you really? And Willis said, I'm, I'm uh, 86. And the guy said, wow. He said, I'm 77 and I've hiked this hike many times. And I figured this was my last time. And he said, you have opened up possibilities for me. Oh. And I said, okay, this is what we want to do. This is how we can make a difference in the yes. world. Is we can open up possibilities by changing the paradigm of aging, by telling, inviting people to tell their story of what dynamic aging means to them. So uh, the magazine was born November 1st last year. Wonderful. And I'm going to say it because people can't see us, but I'm literally having an emotional reaction to what you just shared, because obviously this is resonating something inside of me. And so I want to acknowledge also that not only are you all, you and your husband, like setting intentions, you know, getting clear on your why and basically creating the experience and the existence that you want. But in that example, you also showed that even though you're doing it for yourself and for your own reasons, and it, you probably didn't have an intention necessarily of taking that hike to show other people that it can be done, but you did. Like just showing up and doing your thing, the impact that it can have on others, even if that's not your agenda, it's such a powerful point. And for people, I'm kind of self-referencing here, but for people who maybe feel like, oh, I shouldn't do that thing. It's selfish or, oh, I've got to take care of other people. It's like, you never know the impact of taking care of yourself that it will have on other people. And this is just the story you shared. is just a great example that that man who thought his it was his last hike is like, well, no, I guess I got a bunch more in me. We have just published a story called Stubborn on the magazine about a dear friend of mine who has Parkinson's. She did all the right things. She ate plant-based, she exercised. In fact, she was one of my students in exercising. Uh, she did it all and she got Parkinson's. And this kind of Parkinson's she has is actually physically twisting her body down and bending forward. Mm. So I visited her in an independent living community. And I said to her, 
do you see, I said, do you see yourself as dynamic aging? And she said, no, I see myself as a wreck. And I said, okay, can I tell you what I see? And I said, I see a lady who is totally engaged in life. So her story, I finally talked her into writing her story about how with this debilitating disease, she stays actively engaged in her life in Mm -hmm. so, so many ways. And so that's the thing. What you said is that people thinking about, well, I don't want to, you know, I can't risk this or I don't have anything left to give because I'm handicapped this way or that way or whatever. No, it's more of an attitude. It's more of a state of being or a way of being. It's a choice saying I'm going to stay involved to whatever extent I can. I'm going to do whatever it takes. This gives us a great opportunity to do a little bit of a deep dive in something here because you said it's a state of mind, it's a choice. And I would say, which is followed by what can be very difficult actions. And I'm going to leap backwards for a minute because you've shared with us very honestly about Sarah, your sabotaging voice. And you've mentioned a number of times about how rather than engage with her, you've challenged her. So this is the question that I think will really help a lot of people. What does it look like in that moment when that critic, that voice is taking over and telling you all these negative things, you're too old, you're too this, you're too that, you're not enough that. What does it look like for you to actually challenge that voice? Because people say all the time, oh, you overcome the inner critic and everything. Yeah, that's great. But like, what does that actually look like? What's the one, two, three of that? You know, what does it look like for you? Yeah, I don't think I, I, I choose not to challenge Sarah. I choose not to engage her in conversation because my experience is I can never win with her. And so I just say to her, Sarah, you need to go. You need to go somewhere else. We live on a on a side of a mountain in a forest. And I say to her, Sarah, go practice your pirouettes out in the forest. And then I take a look with Sarah out of my way. Then I focus on what is it? What's the next thing I would do if she wasn't here? If that negative voice wasn't here, what's the next thing I would do? And that's what I do. I think that's really powerful. And I think that's a really good thing for folks maybe to take into their journal prompts is, first of all, how do you recognize that negative voice? Then rather than engage it, rather than get caught up in dialogue with it, how do you acknowledge and direct it and then and move away from it. Yeah, very definitely. I think the key, though, is becoming aware of it because Mm. it feels like it feels like my voice of wisdom. Yeah. I mean, come on. You're 85 now. You know, aren't you really too old to do all Mm. this stuff? And so for, you know, for a few minutes, I'll think, oh, wow. And then I'll think, wait a minute, Sarah, you rat, out, (laughs) out with you immediately. (laughs) It's so powerful. And that seems like that's one of the biggest kind of hacks or tricks or whatever you want to call it, right? Is the, because so many, I'll speak from my own experience. I can't speak for anyone else is often that voice slides in and then I'm, I catch myself if I catch myself, it's often long after that voice has been driving us down the road. Like I, you know, you may not always, I may not always get good at like, Oh, I saw you walk in the room. You're not going to open your mouth, but we don't have to be, you know, six miles down the road before I finally realize I'm being driven. One thing I found that helps is if I notice that I'm feeling bad. So currently I'm writing my memoir. And oh, my word, Sarah, woohoo, is she busy? Mm. So what I noticed is if I'm writing and I feel bad, I feel like, oh, man, this isn't going right. I don't know how to do this. This is too hard. And then I say, aha, I'm not feeling good about myself or about what I'm doing. Sarah, are you here? Of course she's here. And so that for me is the easiest is just to check in with myself periodically when I'm doing something and say, how am I feeling about this? doesn't mean that it isn't still challenging to write my memoir or to do whatever I'm doing, publish the magazine or coaching. It doesn't mean that it isn't still hard. I can acknowledge that. 
but I don't have to feel bad about it. And I think there's a distinction because Sarah makes me feel bad about myself. That's that's gold right there. That's wisdom. If you're feeling bad about yourself, question it. Question it. I love that. Joan, let's let's go to the the next question here. And you you shared with us, you know, you were sitting on a comma about taking on something new, learning a new craft, skill, and way of being, if you will. And you went through this program and you've learned all these things. And then there's all this that you've shared with us. It's just really such rich knowledge and wisdom. What have you learned about yourself as a result of sitting on that comma? Well, what I've learned about myself is that I absolutely can do whatever I set my mind to. My mom told me that when I was a kid. She said, you can do whatever you set your mind to. And I find that is still true. It doesn't mean that I don't have to adapt or find another way or be creative. Uh, It doesn't mean that it will look like I think it should look. Um, I asked my husband, I said, what would have happened if you if you hadn't been able to do the hike when we said it? And he said, well, I would have just kept working at it until I did. Mm. And so I think that's that's what it is, is it's figuring out like. Not giving up because I couldn't use a backpack, it's finding another way. And so I think there are ways if we're creative. I think that's what I've learned about myself is that I'm very creative. And that I'm very determined. And yeah, I feel open, creative, all those good things. That's really powerful. It shows up in the stories that you've shared and the examples that you've given. <laughs> Joan, what would you say? I did oh, want to I did want to I did want to clarify one thing. You said uh, I'm sitting that I was you reflected back that I was sitting on a comma looking for what to do next, but really I was looking for how to make a difference. Mm. Oh, thank you for that clarification. Yes. Because I think I know for me as a A type personality, I'm always doing, 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 Mm. but I wanted to go deeper than what can I do next? I wanted to figure out how can I make a difference? Then, okay. That's, that's perfect. Cause the next question is really what has changed for you as a result of this. And so maybe I'll ask the, you answer it how you choose to, but how have you made a difference? What has changed for you? I've opened up for myself, a whole new world of possibilities. I think that's so important. I think that one of the most important things I've learned is that the skills, the coaching skills that we learned in coach training about listening and reflecting back and being genuinely curious about what it's like for our clients to be who they are and how they are. I think that it's also important to ask yourself. And certainly you can't do it as well as a as a coach can because they are more objective. But I do ask myself, what are you doing? What is it Like you asked me, why was it important to make a difference? And I think that by constantly checking in with myself to see, okay, how am I making a difference? And particularly with the magazine, I see that people are showing up. Uh, I have a gentleman right now who is writing a story. He's 93. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just so inspired. I'm so inspired by people at any age, who decide that they're going to take it on, whatever that is for them. So, yeah, I think that um, I think what's changed for me is opening a door for myself to many, many possibilities, uh, facilitating opening the door to other people, learning more about themselves, both through coaching and through the magazine. Uh, um, Yeah, I think that's what I've learned. You know, it's interesting because I didn't ask you when you said I wanted to figure out how to make a difference. I didn't ask you for whom, but now I'll reflect and say it almost seems as though you've been able to make a difference for you, which subsequently impacts how and in what ways you make a difference for others. I think that's true. 
I think that's I think that's very definitely true. I think that's where making a difference starts. I think it has to start internally because I, it seems like mm, that's the only way that we have of, of really connecting with one another is by first connecting with ourselves. That's really powerful. And these examples that you've shared with us really are ways of making connections. It, it strikes me as I'm kind of reflecting with myself here a little bit, that even when we're going through the hard stuff, even when we're facing ourselves or the parts of ourselves that are critical, these are all, they're all ways of making a difference because you're challenging the norm. You're not just accepting things as they are. You're questioning, you're curious, you're listening, you're noticing, right? I think in my mind, often I equate making a difference with like this big grand gesture. I started a charity or did a big event or something like that. And the making of the difference is just exactly what it says. Like not necessarily doing the same thing in the same way or expecting the same results, like those little bitty things every single day, the self-talk, the, the, the knowing your why, the, the determination to say, well, then I'll do it again and I'll do it again. It doesn't have to be one and done and right. The little thing is a big thing and the big thing starts with little things. And I think the, the biggest little thing that I have found the key for me to dynamic aging is genuine curiosity. Mm -hmm. It's being genuinely curious about why is that important to me and what is the difference that that will make and what makes me think that that's the way to go. That is really, that's just really insightful. I, I hate to ask the last question now, but I'm going to ask the last question because we're having such a good time. I don't know about you. I'm having a good time. Me too. What does getting off the comma look like for you? And that's a pretty open question. So I thought about that when I read that. And I thought, you know, I think what synthesizes it best is, is what I just said, genuine curiosity. I think that um, when I discovered the skill of being genuinely curious through coach training, and then I began to, ex to apply it to everything in my life, to rather than looking at like deciding to hike the falls, rather than jumping at, oh my Lord, how are, how are we going to do that? I mean, we're 83 and 85 when we started planning this. How are we going to do that? Rather than going there to actually get genuinely curious and ask ourselves, why is this important to us? Why? Mm -hmm. Why do we want to do this? And each time we got injured and each time it looked like ugh, it was too hard, we would go back to why is this important to us. So I think that for me, getting off a comma is genuine, being, becoming genuinely curious. Yeah, I love that. And, and I can't leave and move on to the next thing until I ask that next question, which is, and what was your answer to that? When you were thinking about, when you and your husband were thinking about hiking the falls and you were asking yourself, why is this important to us? What was your answer? My answer was very similar to his. I was genuinely curious to see what I was physically, mentally, and emotionally capable of at this age, because I knew I would be dealing with Sarah and her negativity. I knew I would be dealing with physicality that um, can be challenging. I knew that there were going to be bumps in the road. I knew that both of us were going to encounter hardships and challenges and want to quit. And so it was, yeah, I, I think it was important to us because we wanted to find out for ourselves what, what that was like. And we did. We did. It was, I would say, physically mentally and emotionally. It was one of the hardest things we have ever done so far. And and you're smiling. People can't see that, but you you finished that <laughs> statement and snapped right into a smile. The, you know, pride and, and acknowledgement and achievement. And 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 I'll say, you know, what I didn't hear you say is we wanted to see how easy we could make it. What I heard from you is that we wanted to see how hard it could be and we would still do it. And it sounds like that's what you did. You know, that really deals with commitment for me. It deals with commitment. 
So it's that commitment. If you think of commitment at a level from one to 10, you know, one is, well, yeah, if it happens, that's okay. But 10 is I'm going to do whatever it takes. And having actually articulated this to one another, am I asking him, him asking me, are you willing to do whatever it takes in order to have this happen? And you don't know what's going to happen over a year. So that's a leap of faith. That is. And that's long thinking. And that's, I'm going to take a liberty here, but that's also something that the more tenured your life becomes, the for me, the easier it becomes. Not easier. Maybe that's not the right word. Anyway, I find myself as I get further along in my lifespan, I'm more capable of thinking about things in longer terms. I used to be so like, oh, this needs to be done like right now. Or, you know, if it takes two weeks, that's too long. I'm too impatient. Now I'm thinking about things right now that may not even bear fruit for 10 years. And it freaks me out because I'm okay with that. And I'm like, who the hell am I? Yes. Yes. Again, I think it's that whole thing of expanding your playing field. So if you know that you're going to, that your intention is to live healthy, active, and productive, and you set a, you set an age, doesn't guarantee you'll get there, but it guarantees that you're going to live your life as if you'll get there. That's awesome. I love every bit of it. So, Joan, what would you acknowledge yourself for right now, given everything that you shared us shared with us? I think I would like to acknowledge myself for being vulnerable and sharing that I get scared and that that isn't, that's not what runs my life. I think that's, that's the distinction is I think it's fine to have, to be scared, to have fears and doubts and considerations at any age. But the, t- the trick is for me is not to let Sarah run my life. Yeah. I want to acknowledge you for showing us what walking towards it can do that you you've shared with us that it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be vulnerable. And I want to acknowledge you for showing us what it looks like to go towards it, to see what could happen and to be open to any of the possibilities that can come from it. But you definitely have showed us what it's like to walk towards the, the fear. Great. Then my work is done here. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Joan, tell us, where can people find you? Obviously, I'm going to put all the details in the show notes, but I would love for you to tell us where can people find you if they want to learn a little bit more about you or maybe even reach out to you. The easiest way is to email me at joan at dynamicagingforlife, the number four life.com. <clears throat> um, and also check out the magazine, dynamicagingforlifemagazine.com. Great. And we will have that in the show notes. And um, can I also put your website? Yes, my coaching website. My business is Coaching Dynamic Aging, which is also found at dynamicagingforlife.com. Perfect. I also did want to acknowledge two very special people who have helped just, I could never have done it without them in publishing the magazine. And that that, that is our two marvelous editors, our coaching colleague, Sylvia Fox, and her husband, Michael Fitzgerald. They have just been, along with my husband, it has been the best team ever to work with and to create how we are making a difference in the world. I love that. I love that. And and I really appreciate that acknowledgement. And I'm sure they will. And let's take it a step further, because I always invite my guests to... Um, acknowledge or to support or boost or uplift, give voice to anyone or any any individual cause or organization that's important to them. So I believe you've got a couple of other acknowledgements you'd like to share with us as well. Yes. yes. And I think it'll be no surprise because both of them have contributed um, to our being able to hike. So one is the Ojai Valley Land Conservancy here in my hometown of Ojai, and the National Parks Foundation that keeps all of our national parks up and running. Nice, nice. All right, and we'll we'll have some descriptions and links in the show notes for that. Joan, it has been such a pleasure, and 
my final kind of acknowledgement, I said at the beginning, you know, if, if an opportunity presented itself, I would share something about my experience with you. And now I will. And that is um, a coaching conversation we had very early on um, where I was talking about some of the, you know, frustrations and fears and so forth in my life and these different kind of avenues I was on. And you had kind of reflected something back to me. And I was talking about being in all of these different lanes. And you said, what if the lanes could merge? And that was, I think, two, two and a half years ago. And here we are. I just wanted to let you know that you're sitting in the middle lane where all three lanes have actually come together. So you're on the other side of that comment two and a half years ago and the impact that it's had. So thank you well, for that. Congratulations on taking the taking taking that reflection back mm-hmm. yeah, and, it, uh, and running with it. Well, it's it reinforces exactly what you're saying is the power of curiosity and listening. And sometimes what you reflect back can have huge impact and, and ripple effects. So thank you. I would th- like to also acknowledge you for making a difference with your podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm very excited about this. Joan, it's been a pleasure. And thank you for being with us. I am very excited about this hitting the air. And um, you and I will be in touch again. Obviously, I get the pleasure of being able to stay in touch with you after the podcast. So have a wonderful weekend. Thank you, Paul. What an honor it is to witness these stories from these amazing human beings, and today's guest was no exception. I invite you to think about what you learned from this conversation. What stood out for you? What challenged you? What inspired you? And I encourage you to write it down in some form of journaling and reflection. I can't tell you how magical it can be to set aside your expectations and just let your thoughts flow out of your head and onto paper. You don't have to have an agenda. You don't have to do anything with it, but you can be amazed at what comes out of your thoughts and onto paper and what that can do for you. I know freestyle journaling has been a powerful practice in my life for a very long time. You just never know what you might discover about yourself. Thank you for listening to this episode of Off The Comma. Follow me on social media at Off The Comma and also look for upcoming workshops and events at offthecomma.com or better yet, go to offthecomma.com and sign up for my mailing list and let me bring the news directly to you. I am passionate about keeping this podcast ad free so that we create a safe container for people to be able to tell their stories uninterrupted by commercials and promotions. I currently cover all the production costs and I'm happy to continue doing so. And I'm also open to and appreciative of any donations that anyone would like to contribute. This is nothing more than to be able to support the podcast and cover some of the monthly editing and producing and equipment costs that are associated with this podcast. So look for the donations link in the podcast descriptions wherever you find this podcast. Be sure to like this episode, follow the podcast, and more importantly, spread the good word. If you were moved by today's conversation, pass it along to someone you care about. As always, keep noticing.